This is the Nippon Taikyu Cosmopolitan, Japanese endurance racing covered by an American. Well, this is definitely interesting. So within the first race of the year, one of my predictions have already gone down the toilet. Another one is not looking that good. And another one just with bad luck is rubbing it right in my face. So let's do a race rundown on this eventful Okoyama race to begin the season, along with my season predictions rundown that I set at the beginning of the season, see how they are going. Guess what? They're not going very well right now. So let's get on with it. Quite the race at Okoyama. It was expected to be dry, but it was a mix of wet and dry conditions. And Nissan actually converts a 1-2 with the Nismo team. Uh, that was very unexpected. Of course, as you know, I expected Nismo would not really succeed this season, which can still happen. But uh, it definitely is kind of funny that the team on the first race of the year wins and the Motul Alltech Z ends up in P2. That was pretty funny, actually. Uh, they did say a bit of it was luck. They said the Michelin tires and the track conditions kind of rotating between wet and dry kind of fit them. And they did kind of take a gamble on their strategy, especially with the fact that since the race was 75% complete after the red flag due to lightning, um, full points were awarded and the race was just stopped. So that did help the team. They did say if they continued the full distance, they would not get a 1-2. So, of course, I made this prediction, 1-2 Nismo. And, of course, that has gone completely down the drain of one of my predictions, which I will talk more in depth of later. And that was that a Nissan and GT500 won't score a single podium. And that, with the first race of the year, has gone right out the window. On the opposite end of good luck, bad luck, well, both those Tom's cars. First, uh, the 36 was hit. Uh, that did not help them at all. That sent them down all the way to the end of the field. It really didn't help that then the other Tom's car um, had to pit, and it was a terrible, terrible stop. And on top of that, back to the 36, after their uh, pit stop, relatively normal pit stop after they were hit, uh, they DNF'd because of a loose wheel nut. So they finished last and then uh, third to last in GT500 with the 37 going a lap down again because of a penalty. Uh, 37, of course, didn't DNF. They finished third to last. Of course, just some bad luck on their end, a uh, bad pit stop, and then really doesn't help getting a penalty like that. But they showed decent pace. So a P6 and a P10 in qualifying, not amazing, but it's it's solid with the Toms getting a P6. And then, of course, the help of the track conditions helped out both the Nissan factory teams. 
So let's move on then to all the Hondas. So as I said, Arta would be out here fighting for the title. Uh, they started P7 and then also P9. Uh, really didn't help them in the final results. They didn't get a great result either. Um, but one of them, the number eight, though, did finish P3, which was pretty good on their end. Uh, 4.788 off the pace. But the other Arta 64 finished all the way down, excuse me, number 16 finished in P11. So it's, it's okay. Uh, the number eight does look like they're the better car. Of course, with the driver lineup, they have Tomoki Nojiri defending Super Formula title and Toshiki Oyu, which is also a really good driver in his own right. In qualifying for GT300, the Leon Pyramid AMG, the number 65, started on pole. He converted that into a P2 with a surprise with the up, up Garage NSX GT3, the number 18. They started all the way down in P18, but an absolutely amazing strategy on their part. Taking the risk, being all the way down there, and ending up actually winning with, of course, some luck with the red flag. It was actually a 3.92 gap between the Up Garage and the Leon Pyramid. Of course, isn't that much in endurance racing, but it was amazing seeing that Up Garage fight through the field and probably going to be the best GT300 performance of the year. The other notable performance, well, lack of performance somewhat, was the number 7 Studi BMW, started P3, ended P6. Bruno Spengler, uh, he had a solid first race. I mean, this is his first race in Super Formula, but of course he should have more experience. He's a works driver for BMW. He's driven this car many times before. This isn't a new car to him. Granted, a lot of people may be mad that I'm saying, oh yeah, he should be doing more, but he should. He's a he's a works driver. And of course, a mistake definitely didn't help them. And they, the number seven moved down to P6. But still, they're going to have a good season on their end. And of course, as you know, I had him in my honorable mention top five in GT300 in the last episode. Well, not last episode. That was actually two ago. Speaking of last episode, let's get an update on that uh, with the tire war. I was looking for all sorts of stuff that could help out manufacturers that don't have as many cars on the grid under their wing to help them out. But I really just looked at it and no system's really going to work. No matter what, you're going to have... Uh, Yokohama winning in GT300 and most likely Bridgestone winning in GT500. So I've decided to ditch the tire war thing, but of course I'm really big into tires. So of course we're going to have big updates on that. On top of tires, Bridgestone actually ditched their 2023 wet weather tire because as you may know, it was not a great tire in the wet. So they're going back to their 2022. Anybody confused with the tire rules? You can't increase, like you can't improve the tire over the course of this year. 
Uh, it's homologated over the course of the season, but you can go back to your previous spec before the start of the year. They have 10 of the 15 cars, and it seems like, of course, a lot of those teams complained. So Bridgestone is going back to their 2022, which I think is a good choice on their end. Solid tire. No big errors with the tire. It's not amazing, but, I mean, Bridgestone is the best out there in the, in the dry. They don't need to put a bunch of risk into wet weather tires. Now let's go pretty in-depth into this race. I did kind of a rundown here. Let's look more into this. So let's first look into what Nismo said about their 1-2. They said a lot of it was based off of luck. Number 23 of Matsuda won the race after it was red flagged after 62 laps. Over 75% of the race did not resume. So they actually lost a bit of time under the rain at the beginning of the race. Uh, so the rain worsened around lap 15 when they pitted, which didn't help. They went down to P6 and then second on the 31st lap after they pitted again. 10 laps later, lap 41, they were leading. The rain returned again. It was kind of a rotation between wet and dry rain. So then a full course yellow and then a safety car was called out on track. And the number 23 pitted for wet tires uh, prior to the safety car, which really helps you in endurance racing. That's really big, unlike a lot of other compared to endurance, you can say sprint, hour and a half long races. Um, it helps pitting before. That goes the same with oval racing in IndyCar. So it was in sixth when it took the lead. When teams before they pitted for wet tires. And they inherited the lead after. So it really did help with luck from what you look at in the race. And the number 23 got its 24th Super GT win. Um... I don't think this is going to continue. Uh, I think the team will kind of go down a little bit, but they could end up completely disproving me. They could actually put up a title fight this year. And I mean, rain, even though this luck, it doesn't play completely into your hands. If you're a bottom running team and you get really good like this, you're not going to finish uh, towards the top. You're not going to win a race. You could definitely outperform what you were expected, but you're not going to be out here getting a 1-2. And of course, with qualifying, it could be luck. It could not be luck. It really depends what's going to happen over the course of the year. You can't tell where everybody is until probably the third race of the year, and we only got eight races of the year. So... We'll have to see if they can actually put up a title fight or if my prediction's right. Completely forgot about to update you guys on that number 16 Arta car that originally finished P5. So P3 and P5, still, they're going to put up a title fight. But the number 16, I forgot, got a 100-second penalty for doing their mandatory driver change during that red flag that ended the race. You can't do a driver change during a red flag. We all know that in any sort of endurance racing, you can't do that. They went for it. I don't know why. Lack of judgment or something. 
but that gave him a 100-second penalty, which, due to the full-course safety and the red flag, the field was pretty bunched up together, so that 100-second penalty, usually over the course of this race, if there were no yellows, would probably drop you down P7 or P8. That dropped him down to P10. Still, promising team. They'll probably be able to put up a title fight, but just gotta update you. Let's now go into Tom's, who I did say two mistakes cost him the race here. And both the cars finished with no points. Number 36, Supra of Sho Suboy and Ritomo Miyata was on course for at least a P2, actually, which was kind of what I was expecting. But it, it really didn't help when they decided to pull a Haas and decided not to tighten the left wheel correctly. And that ended the race. They had to pull over to the side of the track. They were done. The 37 car with Yukio Sasahara and Giuliano Alesi had been ruled out of contention for a top result by a one-minute stop-and-go penalty awarded when Sasahara entered a closed pit under a full-course yellow. So, teams looking good, terrible luck, and Yukio Sasahara does some actions which score no points. So, this is what Tom's team director... Yun Yamada said on the double disaster, quote, we have to go away and deeply reflect on this. Car 37 went a lap down due to a penalty, so I was really hoping we could get a strong result with numbers 36, and we were running in a good position. We staggered the timing of the pits, but what happened was unbelievable. It was just a simple human error. So even though this is a really bad start to what I think would be a good title fight with them. Uh, they have time to turn it around, and if Nismo is actually really, really good on that luck from this past round, uh, they can definitely come back, but it definitely doesn't help you when you only have eight races and you screw up the first one like this. A bit of news here that does not relate to this race or any of the after events. So the FIA, of course, now runs Super GT as the governing body. They they whip out their classic move they are known for and originally have the new rules set for 2024. They do their classic delay it by a year. Now it's 2025. And due to those rules being delayed, what will Honda do? They have a new car, their Honda Civic Type R, which looks nothing like a Type R, honestly. That car was meant for 2024, while other manufacturers were going to change their car to fit the specifications. But they have a new car. What are they going to do about 2024? Are they going to keep around the NSX for another year or bring their Type R down to the current rules? I think it's unlikely they bring it down to the current rules. I don't see that happening. That's a lot of work to do, and you did a lot of research, and that could screw them up. Once they reach 2025, they will probably keep their car. I have no clue, though. Let's see what happens once they respond. On to my predictions update since we covered basically everything that was important. So let's move on to the first one. We'll go through all of these and give an update. 
the pole sitter in GT500 will put out faster qualifying rounds at both Fuji rounds than the LMDH pole sitter in the World Endurance Championship. We don't know this yet until the end of the season, but these cars do already look quicker than the LMDH cars, so this will fit. Both Arta cars, the number 16 and number 8, will be in a close season-long fight for the driver's title, along with both the Tom Supras. So right now, the Arta cars are looking really good, uh, P3 and P5, if it wasn't for that 100-second penalty. Also, you have both the Tom's cars, which were looking for a podium and a top 5 finish. Before their bad luck, Tom's mm, maybe can continue their fight. It really doesn't help that this happened. And if Nissan is running into some good luck, I do think these guys will be the ones fighting for the title. Um, it depends, though. Can Nismo actually be in here fighting for the title? Did I underestimate this team? Will they be able to also put up the fight at the top? It would be nice to see a team from each manufacturer fighting for the title in a six-way title fight. So I do kind of hope the Nismo team isn't running into good luck here, even though I have a prediction that they're going to continue their bad form off of last year. Next one uh, that's already failed, a Nissan and GT500 won't score a single podium. Well, that didn't age well. 1-2 uh, for Nissan cars. Self-explanatory, this prediction goes right out the window. So, with both J-Lock cars, they will move up to the mid-pack. So, the number 88 J-Lock car in the Lamborghini Huracan GT3 finished P24, last of the qualified finishers, 12 laps behind. Ran into some bad luck. Um, I'm not really sure about them yet. I think it's too early with them. So, we'll have to see once we reach race 2. If I kind of have anything to say on this. Next one. The number 61 R&D Sport Car will win the GT300 title. The number 61 R&D Sport Car, which I said would win the title. Uh, not great start to the year. They started P22 during the qualifying session and finished P22. That is definitely... Not a good sign of a title fight. So right now, they don't look like they're fighting for a title. And it's honestly looks like it's going to stay that way unless if they can turn it around. Next, Team LeMond will drop Roberto Mary. He has a seat. It's the first race of the year. That's kind of a long shot. So let's see how that works. Okay. So, the Nissan Nismo team will continue their bad form from last year and preseason testing and not even finish in the top five. Uh, this is a good sign that they may finish in the top five. And honestly, some of it was luck, but it seems like they've actually kind of turned it around. Let's see once it comes to the second race of the year, because we will get a better sign of where they actually are. But right now, that prediction is not going very well. Long shot predictions, Jensen Button will fill in for any driver in GT500. First race of the year hasn't happened yet. So Toyota is not sandbagging 
and that their bad pace is real that was also wrong it looks like they've actually turned it around and a lot of teams up in the mid pack uh the only ones that finished outside the top 10 were both the tom's cars so you had p9 and up all had toyotas so it seems like the manufacturers are actually closer than i originally thought they were and honestly uh, it does seem like Toyota was sandbagging and they actually look pretty solid. All their customer teams actually are finishing pretty good. So all the Toyotas, P4, P5, P8, P9. Then it was just both the Toms. So uh, they're actually looking pretty good. So I could actually be wrong with this. That's why it was a long shot prediction. Next one is the number six car will score a podium right now that doesn't look good they finished p21 they also didn't start off very well with starting p20 so right now that has not happened so we'll have to continue and see so with five up five down i've decided i'm probably going to look over this halfway through the year after round four and then at the end of the year i think doing every race is not required and I don't think it's very necessary, especially when a team runs into bad luck, has a bad race, or a shock race. So we're going to continue with that 5-up, five 5-down five that I had two episodes ago once we reach the midway point of the year. Depending how much content there is, that could be a single episode, that could be a bonus episode. So we'll see. So that's the end of the Nippon Taiku Cosmopolitan first race rundown very eventful so i had to cut some stuff but i covered the important stuff and then some news uh that ended up going into this week like the fia changing the rules and then of course bridgestone ditching their tires yep and as you know this is coming out on tuesday sorry for the delay incredibly good race i needed some sleep after that also um didn't know what to cover exactly a lot of other stuff and then just me uh just not time managing it so we're gonna get a bonus episode this week not sure what it's gonna be um maybe some history on the series a cool story a controversy i'm not really sure that will be coming out late friday so i'll start planning that and posting that depending on how you like it i may do the race rundowns on race weeks after the race and then do a bonus episode later in the week we'll have to see how that goes and how it goes doing the bonus episode so that's the end of the nippon taiku cosmopolitan as you are currently watching my predictions go right down the drain uh what a race uh next one is early may so we'll be talking then and then Wait for that bonus episode, then we'll be back to weekly. So see you all guys next week on the Nippon Taiku Cosmopolitan. Goodbye.